0: Recapping a Twins series victory over the Tampa Bay Rays at Tropicana Field on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Sunday, May first. Welcome to May, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is where the game starts. They have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Head over to BetOnline.net again. This is Nash Walker. I've been running at Twins Daily for over two years. Been hosting this podcast for almost three years. Season number three on the pod. Season number four at Twins Daily. And the Twins win another series here. We're going to break it down. Carlos Correa breaks out in this series as we'd kind of predicted climate controlled environment. He breaks out. Cole Sands makes his debut. Josh Winder makes his debut as a starter, his first career start today. It couldn't have gone better for Josh Winder. It was absolutely terrific. We'll take a look at the spreadsheet, the vaunted spreadsheet, because that completes April. I know today's May, but I rolled that last game over into April of this Rays series. And we'll talk about you on and look at some really crazy statistics that he's uh, putting up so far for the Twins. Let's start with Winder today. It was just absolutely terrific. Now, I will say the Rays were without Wander Franco, who's probably their best player, and he was scratched late with a hamstring problem. Still, Josh Winder goes out there in his first career start, strikes out seven Rays over six scoreless innings, gives up two hits, walks one, and just controlled this game from start to finish. I thought he was absolutely terrific. And I think... As a starter, averaging 95 with the fastball, he hit 97, is extremely encouraging when we think about sustaining that, right? Sustaining these results. He has the stuff to match. He's got a plus fastball. He's got a plus slider. His changeup looks plus. His curveball is a solid fourth pitch. He's big. He's older than a pitching prospect usually would be, right? He's in his mid-20s. He's ready to go. He knows how to pitch. He looks refined, and he's ready to step into the rotation. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, we talk about Josh Winder a lot because he has emerged. Josh Winder was one of these guys who had great command, good stuff, but just didn't throw very hard. He was in the low 90s and then added a ton of velocity over the COVID shutdown, came back in the instructs was throwing 97. And if you do that, if you already throw strikes, and then you add velocity to all your pitches and you show back up with a 95 to 97 on hour fastball. When you were in the lower nineties, you instantly become a prospect, a top prospect in a system. And Josh Winder did. And last year, the results matched. He was so good at Wichita double A, He was the best starter in the league. Then he gets moved up to triple A, gets hurt, shut down with a shoulder issue. And people kind of forgot about him. But if not for that shoulder problem, Winder's debuting last year and probably is in the same conversation as Joe Ryan and Bailey Oberwar this offseason, like settled into the rotation because he's that talented. And I'm, I feel strongly about saying this. When you look at Pierce stuff for Twins young starters, I think it goes, you on Matt Cantorino. I think Josh Winder's third. I think Jordan Balazovic is fourth. Balazovic's still working on a change, but he's right there with Winder, mid-90s fastball. Similar. Balazovic's more of an over-the-top curveball. Winder has more slide, which I prefer. So I will take Winder third in terms of stuff. That includes Joe Ryan. Joe Ryan doesn't have the stuff, but pinpoint command, the rising fastball. When I say stuff, I mean velocity, high spin, nasty, right? That's what you think of, like Shane McClanahan yesterday in that game. Insane stuff. Josh Winder has great stuff. Like he has the mix, and he mixes it with command. He's, he's throwing the ball. He's commanding the ball. And like I said, he's he's, this is his his first start as a major leaguer. Did it look like his first start? (laughs) It didn't to me. He's so poised. And I think that's been one of the takeaways from the early going. These young starters, it's never wise to say, hey, these young starters are going to step right in and, and contribute right off the bat. It's not smart to think that way because so often it doesn't happen. We've seen it too many times with just the twins to believe in that. It's naive. Joe Ryan has been so calm and collected. Josh Winder, calm and collected. Yohan Duran, just so cool, right? These guys, Bailey Ober, nothing's phasing them. And they haven't had a lot of problems. Joe Ryan has had eight out of nine starts have been terrific at the major league level. Bailey Ober had a ton of success last year. So they haven't faced a ton of adversity, but these guys just, they're calm and they're they're ready to pitch. Like they just go about their business in a way that you love to see from your young starters. And I came into this season saying, the main storyline for the 2022 twins is how do those young starters progress and how do they impact the twins at the major league level and i think the main storyline of their early season success now they're 13 and 9 four games above 500 they're in first place firmly is the young the young pitching not just starting pitching wanderon's part of that it's it's doing what winder did today it's doing what joe ryan did in kansas city to prevent that sweep and then going to fenway and shoving in game one of that series, coming back, pitching the lights out against the Tigers. It's those things. It's Yohan Duran on Sunday against the White Sox coming in, getting two ground ball double plays to keep the Twins in that game in a tie game and sets up for Buxton to walk it off off Liam Hendricks. It's all of these guys coming together, the young pitching staff, and and positively contributing to the Twins' success. And I think that's, that's the main storyline of not only this season, but – It is the difference between whether this team will be good or average, I think. And I still think there's a chance the Twins, you know, disappoint the rest of the way. It's been 21 games or 22 games at this point. So there is obviously the ship has not sailed in in either direction. There's still a chance they're going to be really good this year. And and most likely they will finish with, you know, 84, 85 wins like they were projected to and probably right outside of the, the playoff race. But what we've seen so far, is is exciting. It's encouraging. And it's a significant development, these young starters coming in and just contributing at a super high level. You just love to see that. It's exactly what you need to see right now. And for Falvey and Levine, the the jury's still out on whether they're able, they're going to be able to contribute major league starters to the staff, homegrown major league starters. They're off to a great, great start this year. Let's talk about Yuan Duran a little bit more. Look at the spreadsheet. I know you're excited after the sword from BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest developments, league reviews, including this year's basketball playoffs. I know the Wolves are done, but you can go play at BetOnline.net. And the start, of course, of the Major League Baseball season. Twins were big time underdogs today when I checked this morning and ended up upsetting and winning. Same yesterday, were big underdogs. I ended up winning. Bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Again, go play. BetOnline.net. It's the best. Thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Now podcast, recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts, taking fans through the season like no other. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. Going to pull up a screenshot, a tweet I sent out today. Yohan Duran, among 117 qualified American League relievers entering today, is first in Sierra, which is a predictive ERA measure and thought of to be maybe the best predictive ERA measure. 0.8, first among 117 qualified American League relievers. He's first in expected FIP. We know FIP is fielding independent pitching. It's what the pitcher can control, expected Number 0.92. Johan Duran has been unlucky, clearly. I mean, that Mickey Mouse homer at Fenway to one of the best left-handed hitters in baseball ballooned his ERA, Rafael Devers, but everything he's been able to control, the numbers are outstanding. He's second in the American League in strikeout rate. He's striking out 44% of hitters. He's second in strikeout to walk rate at 39%, second to only Andres Munoz, the same dude who threw that 102-mile-an-hour fastball that Barn Buxton turned around for a huge home run to tie the game in the opening series of the year. And Yohan is seventh in ground ball rate, which at 62% is an underrated part of his game. Yohan going to get a ton of swings and misses, but something that made him really special as a prospect was the ground ball rates. Turning double plays behind him, giving up singles, quickly turn into double plays. Such an asset as a reliever. Emilio Pagan, fly ball pitcher, been bit by that. If you're a high ground ball pitcher and you get swings and misses, you keep the ball in the ballpark, You strike guys out, and you don't walk them. Those are the three biggest things, right? Strike guys out, don't walk them, and keep the ball in the ballpark. And I think Yohan Duran does those three things at a a truly elite level. Keeping the ball in the ballpark with a ground ball rate like that, a 44% strikeout rate, and then a strikeout-to-walk ratio is the second best in the American League. I can't say enough about this kid. Like he is just outstanding. I'm I'm so excited to see his next outing. Every time he comes in, I'm I'm it's must watch. My eyes are glued to the TV. They are for every twin and every game, but not at all times. Yonder on uh, amazing. Let's look at the spreadsheet here. The twins were not off to a good start after the Kansas City series. They were five and eight and negative two on my predictive measure here. I had them, uh, you know, much better, two games better at that point. And that's only through four series. So not off to a good start. Then they sweep the Sox. I had the Sox beating them in two out of three. That evened them up in the plus minus. And then they swept the Tigers. I had them taking two out of three from the Tigers. They're plus one. And then they go to the trap and beat the Rays in a series two out of three. Now they're plus two. I'm predicting every month, and every month has them winning enough games to get to 90. Added up at the end. I had them going at 11 and 11 in April. Again, I know that these game that the game today was not in April, but I rolled it around because it was the last game of the series, and I wanted to keep it clean. I like a clean spreadsheet here. I had them 11 and 11. They're 13 and 9. Good start. I mean, just a good start. And you'll notice, you look at May, and here's what I have for May. Three out of four from Baltimore. Two out of three from Oakland. Those are the first seven games out of the gate. I have them going 5 and 2. Oakland is at home at Target Field. They're at Camden Yards in Baltimore. This week, Monday through Thursday. And then they're at home against Houston. I have Houston taking two out of three. They're home against Cleveland. I have the Twins taking two out of three. They're at Oakland. I have the Twins taking two out of three. At Kansas City, I got the Royals biting them again for two out of three. Royals get them there. Uh, Detroit, I have the Twins taking two out of three. That's at home. And then Kansas City at home, I have them taking three out of four. And then they go to Detroit for five. It's a weird game. They have a doubleheader in there. I have Detroit taking three out of five. So it's an 18-13 and record in May. That's my prediction. If they go 18 and 13 in May, my quick math in my head says that that record is 31 and 22. That would be 9 games above 500 through May. Man, that's a good start. 9 games above 500 for through the first two months of the season. The way that the April schedule panned out, that would be great. And that's an 18 and 13 May that's going 5 games above 500 with a schedule I think is very manageable this month. I'm excited. It's hard not to be excited about where the Twins are at right now. It really is. And a big, big part of that, a big reason for that is, of course, Byron Buxton and what he does on a daily basis. He sat yesterday, came back, was the catalyst in the lineup again, hit a home run. But the biggest development of the weekend is Carlos Correa turning it on. Let's talk about C4 after this word from Built Bar. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks, make sure that everyone has a bar. So, your field for your summer adventures. The best part about built bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With built bar, you can have both and it's easy. All you have to do is go to built.com and order now. All built bars and puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with built bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Have you tried the built puffs yet? We're going crazy for the puffs. They come in crazy flavors like banana cream pie and even churro. Go to built.com, get your hands on some bars, some puffs. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off at built.com. Carlos Correa turned it on in a big-time way this weekend at the drop. Finished off the Detroit series. You could see signs that he was starting to stir at the plate, right? That bases-clearing triple in the finale with the Tigers, I think got him going. He's destroying the baseball right now hitting the ball to all fields, and we're finally seeing the Carlos Correa, the Twins signed, you know, three weeks or a month ago. This is, this is finally who he is. This is who he is when you watch, and who that is is a tremendous baseball player. The plays he makes at short, saving runs, at the plate, great at bats consistently, and what protection for Byron Buxton hitting second. Those two, one and two. I said it when the signing happened. I'll continue to say it. Well, no question, one of the best duos in baseball. Might be the best duo in the American League. Trout and Otani are tough in Los Angeles. But Buxton Correa, the talent and the production and the defense and the the power and the hit to all fields and just the speed of Buxton. Incredible duo to have one and two at the top of the lineup. And then Max Kepler's hitting too, right? And Trevor Larnick has been solid. It's, it's coming together offensively for the Twins. And the best part of this, and I wrote about this, is they have reinforcements on the way. They have depth, it looks like, in the minors with Jose Miranda and Royce Lewis and Alex Kirilov on the mend. It looks like they do have that depth. Sounds like Miguel Sano is going to go to the injured list with a knee problem. When Kirilov comes back with Arise able to play first base now, I mean, do you really want Sano in the lineup against the lefty over Arise or Kirilov? I, no. There's no way you want this version of Miguel Sano in the lineup over Alex Kirilov or or Luis There's just there's that's an easy answer. Miguel Sano hasn't hit lefties in years. If Miguel Sano was terrible, if he had the same numbers, but w- within that he was terrible against righties, but hit lefties well, there would be a spot for him. Honestly, at this point, if this is the guy you're getting, if they, right now and he's going on the injured list, so things just keep getting worse for him. There's no spot for him. There's really not. And Alex Kirloff is a key part of the future. Miguel Sano's not. This is his last year with the Twins. I'm almost certain he will never play for the Twins after this year. He might not play for the Twins after the trade deadline, but that will require a team wanting him. I've I've been fairly level-headed about Miguel Sano, I think, in his time in Minnesota. I understand that in the second half of 2019, he was an absolute monster. And I'm not just I, I'm not sugarcoating or emphasizing dramatically about how he did in the second half he was it was it was I was speechless watching him play like he was destroying baseballs he carried that offense Nelson Cruz had the wrist problem Miguel Sano was amazing in in the second half of 2019 and I understand why they extended him I supported it at the time and looking back it clearly wasn't the right decision and his flaws have now overtaken his contributions and, and his his pros as a player which is always when he's hot, very few are better than him in baseball from a power standpoint, and and that just is not happening enough. And when, when he doesn't hit and when he's not on those streaks, he's unplayable. He's just not playable. It's frustrating. I, I was hoping he was going to have a better start, a much better start. Even just a mediocre start would have been so much better than this. It's been, it's been awful, and now he's going to go on the injury list. Kirilov's on his way back. The rosters are reducing down to 26 the, the the clock is ticking on Miguel Sano, very much like Eddie Rosario's clock was ticking in 2020. You could feel the tick, 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 tick with arbitration. You knew that the future was with Alex Kiriloff in left field. You knew Eddie Rosario was was not going to get paid by the Twins. It's very similar. Miguel Sano can hear the ticking clock, and Twins fans can hear it, and I think they just want the clock to go off. They just want, they want the timer to, to ring on Miguel Sano, and I don't blame them because when Larnik and Kirilov are your future at first base in left field and right field, Miguel Sano shouldn't be taking at-bats from them, and he certainly shouldn't be taking at-bats from Luis Ariza on a winning team. I I understood it in the second half of last year, and he was good in the second half last year to let him play, see what you have, see if you can get him going, and maybe build his trade value. They ended up not trading him, but at this point, if he comes back, and you you might give him one more chance, like one little stretch or platoon him again, and he's still not hitting, there's there's no spot for him on this team. That's just the, the truth of the matter. Great weekend for the Twins after a clunker on Friday. Bouncing back, just flushed Friday right out. Dylan Bundy struggled. They just flushed it down the toilet. Came out destroyed Saturday. Came out destroyed Sunday. Josh Winder was terrific. The Twins offense is waking up in a significant way against a pitching staff that's always good in Tampa Bay. Uh, very impressive. I mean, just awesome week. Nine out of the last ten. Now they're going to Baltimore. Time to get fat on this schedule. Thank you so much for listening today. Thank you for making On Twins your first listen every day and to make your second listen On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully. Brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day and go Twins.